Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Gerhardt's back. The more things change, the more they stay the same. From NJ1015.com, this is the new Jim Gerhardt Podcast. I'm Bob Williams, and right next door to me is our humble host, Jim Gerhardt. Jim, we are in the midst of our seventh winter <laughs> storm in this short month of February. Can you believe it? Do you remember, and I'm not sure about the year, it seems to me it might have been 1994. Oh, yeah. Uh, we had 19 ice storms in a row in February. Yeah, I remember that very well. Every, like, seemed like every three or four days, it was the same yeah. pattern. We were in that wicked weather trough that just kept zipping right through this area, and we just couldn't shake it, and we were stuck with it for a good two or three months. Yep. Well, we're we're getting we're getting off light now as compared with other parts of the country. Right. Have you ever noticed if you look at a map, a weather map, and you will see that the worst weather, this really terrible stuff, is happening mostly in red states, politically red states. And the blue states are are getting something, but not quite as much. Yeah. And I wonder why. What, what what is going on here? Because you could almost trace it with the exception of a couple of uh, like Illinois. Uh, some of the uh, upper Midwestern states, the ones that are really getting creamed are generally the uh, the red states. Right. Now, I have an answer for that because I made a discovery last night. I was uh, looking, at, you know, perusing the news, and it turns out that the uh, the state of Texas is getting very hard hit. Oh, yeah, millions I'm, of out of, out of power. Well, yeah, a lot of lot of deaths and people going three, four days with no heat and, and even water because the, the pumping system is not working. And I, I run across this. And this is, it says, Texas is suffering from catastrophic weather because God is punishing Texas for Ted Cruz's support of Donald Trump. Now, I know it's true. Now, that did not come from scripture. It did not come from a prophet. It did not come from the infallible pope. It was from Bette Midler. Uh, Remember Bette Midler? Of course. Yeah. I've forgotten who it was. I had to look it up and see who the heck is this. Bette Midler has proclaimed that uh, the catastrophe in Texas is God's punishment on the people of Texas for electing Ted Cruz who had backed Donald Trump and uh, must be true. must be true. A celebrity said it. It must be true. Must be a gospel there if, uh, if it's coming from that source. But uh, I'll tell you, it's just amazing. This is a life, once in a lifetime storm situation down in Texas. I mean, they're a power grid, which is uh, basically uh, independent and, uh, you know, a lot of uh, renewable energies, a lot of their windmills and their, uh, uh, reusable energies are frozen over. There were no, uh, uh, you know, contingencies to keep the power on during a, a catastrophe like this. 
and the roads are frozen over. They don't even have anything. I mean, some places don't even have heat down there. So these poor yep. people are scrambling. Did you see the picture of this? Of ours. Agreed. They're not used to it. So here, Texas got caught with its pants down. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. It, it's uh, the criticism two ways. One is that they had relied too much on this uh, alternative power. Right. The other side, the alternative power people say, no, no, we just didn't have enough of it. <laughs> so yeah. somebody and, forgot to oil the windmills. And, and it's been such a busy week. I don't know if I missed this. And tell me if, if you saw anything. Has there been any federal response to the catastrophe in in Texas? I mean, any rollout of National Guard troops or, oh. or any sort of support? I mean, you would think that, you know, at least getting some, uh, you know, help uh, to get power back on from other states and things like that supports. Um, I, I'm, yeah. I guess we missed him. No, no, I, I don't think you missed anything. I, I don't believe there's been any such response to it. Uh, normally, well, what had become the norm anyway, was when some natural disaster occurs, the federal government, the politicians are all over it because right. they get a lot of FaceTime on TV, radio time, and a lot of publicity. But I've seen nothing about that. I, they're too busy. Uh, right, and, and I'm, and I'm, I'm amazed that there executive orders and the like. Yeah, and I'm amazed that there hasn't been more complaints uh, if there hasn't been any response, like where, where is uh, Chuck Schumer? Where is uh, Cory Booker? Where are, are all the representatives out there saying we need to get people out here? We need to take care of our people. Is it because well, maybe Texas is not their people? I don't know. Maybe, maybe these people have been out there screaming like mad, but they're cut off from media <laughs> at the first yeah. whimper of opposition uh, to the party's line. So, uh, yeah. That, not not heard of any at all. The uh, again the uh, Trumpophobia has become a for many people a religion. Really, yeah. we're talking about uh, the Bette Midler thing and the our celebrities. Everybody trying to outdo everybody else in, in destruction of Trump. So you can say, well, look, the man's out of office. You know, forget it. But they can't forget it because I think that the uh, the the party, the, which is our only party nowadays, the Democratic Party. They need Trump because there's nothing else to out there that right. that can keep this left steamroller going, especially the media. Right. Now, the media is going to really suffer with with Trump out of the picture because they've got no other means of this relentlessly stirring up uh, problems, trouble, commotion. Uh, now. One of the first things that they tell you, we're talking about talk radio, one of the basic rules is go on the air and uh, and, and create uh, conflict, create conflict. Right, to get both sides, right. Yeah, no, no, because what happens is that people listening, if you're driving along in your car and somebody is, and you're listening, somebody is damning Donald Trump and coming up with these diabolical schemes of Donald Trump. It's easy to get some emotion, and, and if you agree, and start pounding on your, your steering wheel in, in anger. It's a tactile response. Right. Now, if all they're doing, all they've got left to do now is sitting back with this Pollyanna-ish thing and listen to how wonderful O'Biden is. Yeah. People are not going to become emotionally involved, and that means they probably won't be listening as much, which means a lack of audience and a lack of revenue. Right. So I think the media has to keep Trump going. And of course, the, the party, the left party, has to keep this whole thing going. 
and also the uh, the uh, uh, what the tech people have to keep uh, tr- trying to to cover because right. right now there is no other than Trump there is no consolidating point right. in the the left the other party the Republican Party or our conservatives there's nobody else out there to rally around yeah and so. They have to keep to to prevent uh, any kind of cohesive organized opposition. Right there, they have to cut off the communication means among the people so that they cannot really uh, uh, organize online. Because you you can organize online to to uh, to create a, a, a riot and looting, but you can't do it to. Right try to create legitimate opposition to the political party line. And so I, I think this is going on. I, the other thought I had, I, I'm going to get off that for a second because there's a lot of other things to talk about. That's just uh, a, a thought. But I was thinking, too, as uh, long as we're in a theological vein here, future religions, uh, what is it going to be? Now, one possibility in America, I was talking about anti-Trump now, but as time goes by, what will people look back upon uh, and what do they really worship now? I think it is the super rich yeah. uh, will be most likely. And, and people who, are, who have created to the creation of the new order. I uh, know Aldous Huxley in Brave New Worlds. Uh, his religion was built around, the religion of the people was built around Henry Ford. Right. And, yeah. and Freud and, and Sigmund Freud. Yeah. But I have thought now of the possibility of looking, but who is the richest man in the world? He's the most likely to become the deity. I think that would be Jeff Bezos now, yeah. right? The Amazon Bezos. man. He is, yeah. Yeah, so, so you'll probably have a, a religion. You know, Jeff's in his warehouse, all's well with the world. Right. And I, I thought here maybe a prayer going ahead into the future and looking back, we might be praying our Bezos, who aren't in the warehouse, hallowed be their stuff. Thou will be done, thy shipments come. Give us this day our latest order and deliver us from Donald Trump. For thine is the profit that's never enough, the kingdom, the power, the wealth, and the stuff. Amen. I think think I'll go with that. (laughs) I think we need to post that somewhere. That is just brilliant. You had mentioned this morning, and uh, I think you had this on the little announcement earlier, about the marijuana laws, and it's very interesting here, the people of New Jersey got together and voted very positively for legalizing the use of of marijuana for medical and recreational purposes. And that was two years ago. The question is, just two years ago. Now, the question is, it's been kicked around ever since. Now, the question is, to to listeners, to people, do you think you will live long enough to actually get a puff? (laughs) We got... And what is holding it up? Like I say, it's it's been over it's over three years, and like I say, that uh, that uh, that coalition of uh, uh, people favoring marijuana, they got Murphy into office, and I can't tell you how often we see comments here on the website, on the Facebook page, from time to time. Where's my legal weed? And this is going back like two years ago when it first failed, and this is what the second or third uh, issue with it. Um, Michael Simon's got a great article this week. Uh, he just put it up uh, yesterday at nj1015.com. And basically, Mike is saying that uh, Murphy's choices 
to get this thing pushed through appear to be either conditionally veto the bills and return them in a version he supports, even though lawmakers say they wouldn't agree to the changes, or veto the bills outright and start over, or sign what's on his desk and encourage a follow-up bill later. He's running out of time. No matter what, he's got what? He, he's up for election in November. So he oh, is uh, coming up. Yeah, so yeah. he is running out of time. And, and whoever's going to be running against him would be a fool if they didn't make that a, uh, a broken promise, promise never kept. I, you know, I, that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. There, there, it is a continuing conversation among people in New Jersey who had supported that. But what they do, they, uh, as I understand it, and maybe the Michael Simon story would get into that with clarity if you want to look it up. They just keep sending bills back and forth in the legislature to the government around the taxation of it, the implementation of it. And one of the things is how old do you have to be to to uh, to to, to uh, be distributed and things like that. Yes. Yeah. So all this is going on. Uh, it's it's hard. To, this state is so red, you know, politically. And it might be a very interesting thing to see if that becomes a major issue. Because right now, as I understand it, in all the polls, the governor has very high ratings of approval. Right. Unless some surveys come out that I didn't see. Not so often. He is the Democratic candidate, and in New Jersey, that's generally enough. The, occasionally, there is an exception by Chris Christie and uh, Christy Whitman, but uh, that seems to be a thing of the past almost. Uh, we're right down pretty much to one-party systems right. in New Jersey as well as nationally. So that's uh, the uh, that's an interesting thing. The, the pot. What, what else is going on in New Jersey? Dan, well, let me ask Dan well, Alexander. Dan, are you with us here? Yeah, Dan. I don't think. Yeah. Well, what, in your considered opinion, as a newsman, one of our, our top news people here, what is the big New Jersey story right now? Yeah. Well, they're talking now, as I understand it, about everybody would be able to get it by July. Yeah, that, that, yeah that, that's, that's pretty geez. accurate, but that keeps getting moved around a little bit, I would think. Right, Dan? And there's also uh, there's also just uh, it just comes down to numbers is what it comes down to, and and I think that that's going to be key to whether or not you know what we're opening up gather opening up limits on gathering and so, such as well uh, as well. Right. So and also the uh, and also guys the um, the governor is also uh, discussing maybe changing the uh, restrictions and extending the restrictions because of the yeah. possibility of the new strain yeah. coming in. I think, and, I, think and I think that's a done thing. They're continuing some of the restrictions. Well, okay, let, let me move to this because that's something of a stalemate now. Bob, we got to touch on this. This is the world, this is the Super Bowl, the Stanley Cup and the World Series of idiocy and asininity in one event. And that is the uh, ethnomathematics Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. If, if you haven't heard about this, this story is the 
as least the, the story as I got it, the state of uh, Oregon is implementing a teacher program that, quote, seeks to undo racism in mathematics. That's right. Mathematics is racist because the way mathematics is presented is that there are definite answers to mathematical uh, formulae. So there's more than one answer to 2 plus 2 equals 4. There's any answer that the student chooses to give. And that makes it that makes it uh, inclusive and equitable. Now, here, I'm going to continue here from, their, from the state of Oregon's uh, announcement. A, a list of ways white supremacy culture infiltrates mathematics classrooms. The concept of mathematics being purely objective is unequivocally false. Upholding the idea that there are always right and wrong answers promotes objectivity as well as open conflict. And this program will help education to develop strategies to improve equitable outcomes for black, Latinx, and students. So there are different answers to a mathematical equation depending on your racial background. That's what that thing is saying, correct? Yes, exactly. Teachers are urged to identify and challenge the ways that math is used to uphold capitalist and racist views. Now, I'm not going to read it. I mean, this this goes on and on. But what what what? Why? When will people wake up to see that this idiocy is harming the minority kids? more than anybody else yes because these are kids who are going to be taught now in the state of washington probably they're doing this in colleges already uh but they taught that there is no certainty and no objectivity as they call it in mathematics now we have always used that as a symbol of objectivity and truth it is mathematically proven it is mathematically true that this because math can never be wrong. Now these kids are being taught that math can be wrong because the answer is not fixed. Uh, two plus two is seven if that's what you choose. Now, this supposes that these kids in these ethnic groups that they mention, it says right in big letters, they're too dumb to learn math. And that's not true. No. <laughs> Everybody's got the, the capability yeah, of learning. They, once in New Jersey, go back a few years, in New Jersey uh, as a program, some people in North Jersey took a bunch of kids from one of the uh, the poorer neighborhoods, the underserved neighborhoods, if you want, and school districts. They trained them and they turned them into chess champions. Do you remember that? Yes, yes. Yeah, yes. And they, these were these were young kids. And they turned out to be champions, and they were just fetched at random out of very unfortunate circumstances. So the capacity is there. But now they're saying that you do not have to exercise that capacity. You just sit there with a blank look on your face, and you're going to get an A because somebody else got one because they got the answer. Everybody gets a trophy idea. So This this is so dumb and so insulting. What is going on in the state of Oregon? It's, it's amazing. So eventually, 
uh, kids are going to get out of that program and then they're going to get to the real world and and they're going to be at such a disadvantage because yeah. they were they were taught so horribly wrong and then it's going to get to the real world where they're going to need a great mathematic background or a great thought process and they're not going to have had it because you know, what's going to happen now because you're also going to have equitable employment that means the kid who was brought up with this through high school and college, not having any certainty about mathematics, not being objective about it, is going to get a degree in something. Suppose he decides he wants to be an engineer. Then you have to hire him to design a bridge. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, now, that's when it's going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you, I don't know if I mentioned this to you earlier in the week. I would just love to, you know, to hear the opinion of Katherine Johnson. Uh, Catherine Johnson was one of the mathematicians back at uh, um, African American uh, back in the '60s. She worked for NASA, and it and, and there was a big movie out uh, a couple of years ago. I loved it, Hidden Figures, and it uh, talked about how Catherine Johnson and her colleagues really were the backbone of uh, some of the mathematical equations that uh, helped the uh, Apollo program. Historically, I would love to hear if Katherine Johnson felt that her mathematical background was was racist. The way well, she one of the things you know, sorry, historically here, the education of these minority groups in your cities, anyway, the so-called disadvantaged kids in New Jersey. Remember, there was a program. I think there were fourteen districts that they poured endless amounts of money into because they were disadvantaged and this was supposed to improve the quality of education. It didn't. And I can remember on the air when this money was going out talking to teachers who taught in these disadvantaged school systems. Where's the money going? We don't see it in the classroom Yeah. at all. Where's the money going? But it was being burned up and the education, quality of the education was abominable. Right. And so this is the fault of the education system, and I guess, it, and, and you have to wonder if the political system wasn't involved, because these were all democratically controlled uh, regions, cities, areas, school districts. And so they had let this, this educational system for these poor kids go to pot. And uh, so the, uh, you wonder, now again, I don't talk about a conspiracy theory because that means everybody's getting together and putting their intelligence together and coming up with a subversive plan to take over the world like pinky in the brain or something <laughs> but I, I think the the parties involved to profit by all this don't have to get together they can just see what is the best for me the tech people the uh the, the economics yeah. you know the money people the political establishment uh the swamp and the like but you wonder if this is not something that is not opposed because it contributes to a dumbing down of a future generation, which would make it incapable of any opposition to the party line. Now, some of this sounds weird, and they say you're getting paranoid, but it's, it's, it's very dangerous because look what's happened to the First Amendment. It has been just squashed, trampled under jack boots by the left, right. and, and by, by the uh, triumvirate of evil, if you want, to paraphrase Bush, which would be tech, uh, the political establishment, and the uh, the corporate world. So uh, you, you wonder about that, and this would end up with a large, mindless workforce 
to, to serve the party. Right. Uh, I, 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 uh, and while you're talking about math, um, I know we wanted to mention um, about uh, literature. I mean, literature is, is yeah. under attack, too. I mean, yeah. there, there's a movement to uh, remove uh, the works of William Shakespeare from, yes. from classes. Macbeth, uh, Midsummer Night's Dream, uh, things like that. Uh, Romeo and Juliet from the classroom. Classics that have been taught for ages. And uh, the, the fundamental drive behind this is to uh, de-Europeanize the culture. And anything that happened as part, uh, under the umbrella of the European white, if you want, culture, right. is bad. Because very bad things happen during that, which of course is true. And so you're trying to wipe that out. Uh, it seems to me that if I were a wise person who was on the far left who are pushing for this destruction of the, this uh, uh, what symbolic genocide of the West, yeah, I would push this business of claiming that everything, I, I would link as much as I possibly could to some vision of white oppression and supremacy. Because eventually, and I, I prophesy this now, I'll make myself a prophet. Sooner or later, there's going to be a cry that the United States Constitution is a racist document yeah. because it was done under the time of the influence of this white privileged power. Right. Therefore, the Constitution is not valid because it is a, 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 an oppressive racist uh, document. Right. Therefore, that move will open up the Constitution at some point, hopefully for changes that are to the advantage of the left. Now, I think it was Schumer who said that uh, they have to attack the Supreme Court because these, they have to bring what he called balance back to the Supreme Court. Now, balance means 50% here, 50% over there, which has generally been like five to four, one way or the other decisions. But to, to the left, to Schumer, the balance is overwhelmingly in favor of the progressive left, right. the liberal uh, interpretations. Right. So, uh, I, again, as I said, I prophesy there will be an attack on the Supreme Court and the Constitution. Well, I'll tell you, Jeff. Based, based on the fact. Now, what are we doing? We're, 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 what's the evidence? Well, look at San Francisco. They're changing the name of a bunch of schools because they were named after whites. Fundamentally, that, that's what it is. And they have to stretch so far, they're even doing Abraham Lincoln, <laughs> who was the emancipator. Right. That's the guy, the point. Uh, Abraham Lincoln, in their view, could not help but being a racist because that's what the culture was at the time. Right. So uh, th th uh, that, that to me is a very, very dangerous thing. But I, I just. But I'll tell you, Jim, if, that com if it comes to that, I think that's going to be the straw that breaks the, the, the country's back. Because I think people are just going to be a, a you're going to see some radical actions on, on both sides. You're going to see some serious uh, conflicts here. That is the danger that we're heading the runaway train heading and the bridges out up ahead. Yeah. Uh, this is the problem. While the uh, conductor and the engineers on the train are bickering among themselves, not looking out the window to see what's going on. Yeah. That is the big danger that this can come to that. Now, historically, you go around in, in other cultures or countries, 
where there have been actual uh, coups, military and other coups, actual insurgencies, then it's almost never done without the military stepping in. And, and there's no telling right now what the U.S. military, how it might come down. Yeah. Uh, I would guess, and again, I don't know this, I and, and I, it's, it's somewhat apocryphal, I would guess and I would hope that in the Pentagon, there are they are supposed to have contingency plans for everything. I would think that they have a do a contingency plan somewhere for a military takeover, simply to maintain stability, yeah. which is how these things often come by. Uh, Alexander Titler, the Scottish historian, who said that democracies cannot last, yeah. and they will always be followed by a dictatorship, right? Which means some means of brunt brute force to stabilize a situation. Right. So we have just a couple of minutes left before we go. I uh, just want to uh, make mention and, uh, uh, you know, honor and uh, make mention of the passing of Rush Limbaugh. A uh, sad day for a lot of uh, radio people yesterday and a lot of his listeners. Uh, yeah. Rush Limbaugh was a, was a pioneer for talk radio and uh, the most successful uh, talk show host in, in this country. Uh, well, like or not, he was he was uh, certainly a, a trendsetter, and he mm -hmm. uh, six hundred stations. And you know the guy suffered with uh, cancer for about a year, year or so, and he just kept working. And just mm -hmm. amazing. Um, just rest in peace, Rush. Um, you 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 said you had a memory of him way back before he was a talk show guy, right? No, I don't have a memory of him directly, but I must say I almost did because I did the morning show at KQV in Pittsburgh. Right. Just before he got there, I was, I was gone. I'd left by then, and Rush Limbaugh came in. I, so I never met him, unfortunately. Yeah. But he was a disc jockey. Yep. So as I was then. And I, it, was, it would have been so nice at least to, uh, you know, have hung around for But, of course, nobody at that time had any idea that he would uh, become yeah. Rush Limbaugh. Well, he's here's, here's, here's just another kid jumping up and down in his seat playing the top 40 records. That's it. Well, I think uh, somebody like yourself uh, did that too, right? And who knows where the world is going to bring you, right? You guys were both uh -huh. top 40 DJs back in the heyday, and you uh -huh. turned into uh, just incredible influences on the talk radio format uh, back in the late 80s and early 90s. And, you know, Rush paved the way. For, uh, I would say for New Jersey 101.5 and other stations, he made it okay. He was brave. He got out there. He said what he had to say. He didn't care what people you know, thought of him. And he was very honest. And he had a great following. He was a great entertainer. And uh, I don't think we're going to see the likes of him. But he certainly leaves some big shoes to fill. And uh, all we can say is thanks, Rush, and rest in peace. I just want one, one thing, as long as you're talking about the, the greats and broadcasting, Remember Ed Murrow, Edward R. Murrow. Yeah. yeah uh -huh. Edward R. Murrow was the he was the one he, probably the best known journalist. That's that back in the days when there was journalism, objective journalism. Yeah. And I just want to leave you with a quote from Edward R. Murrow. And I ponder this: A nation of sheep will beget a government of wolves. Said Edward R. Murrow. Yeah, let's let let's let that uh, sink in, right? Yeah. Oh, well, one one more, just a quick bit of symbolism. I saw this; it was almost divinely inspired. the The implosion of Trump Plaza or, or Trump Hotel uh, Casino. Yeah. yeah. Did you see that? 
here, here was this big building exploding and coming down, and parallel, the same thing happened to the person after which, after whom it was named. Right. <laughs> it, it, it was like a symbolism. Yes. Uh, of the crash of, of Donald Trump. And people loved it. Right. And, uh, hey, have a, have a great everybody. Have a great week. God bless you. Take care of you. And let's hope the asteroid doesn't get here before next week. And we can have this fun do it over again. We're here every Thursday at uh, 1030 to 11 thereabouts here on Facebook Live. You can grab the uh, the podcast anytime you want on demand. We'll have it posted at NJ1015.com. You can get it on the app. And of course, we will be back here with lots more you know, who knows where this next week's coming? We'll be back here next Thursday. And again, thanks to Dan Alexander for all of his help as our producer and director. And Jim, you have a great week. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you. God bless, everybody. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.